father's grim fairy tales, the golden bird. A certain king had a beautiful garden, and in the garden stood a tree which bore golden apples. These apples were always counted, and about the time when they began to grow ripe, it was found that every night one of them was gone. The king became very angry at this and ordered the gardener to keep watch all night under the tree. The gardener sent his eldest son to watch, but about twelve o'clock he fell asleep, and in the morning another of the apples was missing. Then the second son was ordered to watch, and at midnight he too fell asleep, and in the morning another apple was gone. Then the third son offered to keep watch, but the gardener at first would not let him, for fear some harm should come to him. However, at last he consented, and the young man laid himself under the tree to watch. As the clock struck twelve, he heard a rustling noise in the air, and a bird came flying that was of pure gold, and as it was snapping at one of the apples with its beak, the gardener's son jumped up and shot an arrow at it. But the arrow did the bird no harm, only it dropped a golden feather from its tail and then flew away. The golden feather was brought to the king in the morning, and all the council was called together. Everyone agreed that it was for more, worth more than all the wealth of the kingdom, but the king said, one feather is of no use to me. I must have the whole bird. Then the gardener's eldest son set out and thought to find the golden bird very easily, and when he had gone but a little way, he came to a wood, and by the side of the wood he saw a fox sitting. So he took his bow and made ready to shoot at it. Then the fox said, Do not shoot me, for I will give you good counsel. I know what your business is, and that you want to find the golden bird. You will reach a village in the evening, and when you get there, you will see two inns opposite to each other, one of which is very pleasant and beautiful to look at. Go not in there, but rest for the night in the other, though it may appear to you to be very poor and mean. But the son thought to himself, What can such a beast as this know about the matter? So he shot his arrow at the fox, but he missed it, and, set, and it set up its tail above its back and ran into the wood. Then he went his way, and in the evening came to the village where the two inns were, and in one of these were people singing and dancing and feasting, but the other looked very dirty and poor. I should be very silly, said he, if I went to that shabby house and left this charming place. So he went into the smart house and ate and drank at his ease and forgot the bird and his country too. Time passed on, and as the eldest son did not come back, and no tidings were heard of him, the second son set out, and the same thing happened to him. He met the fox who gave him the good advice, but when he came to the two inns, his eldest brother was standing at the window where the merry-making was, and called him to come in. And he could not withstand the temptation, but went in, and forgot the golden bird and his country in the same manner. on again, and the youngest son, too, wished to set out into the wide world to seek the golden bird. But his father would not listen to it for a long while, for he was very fond of his son, and was afraid that some ill luck might happen to him also, and prevent his coming back. However, at last it was agreed he should go, for he would not rest at home. And as he came to the wood, he met 
first he refused, but she wept still more and more and fell at his feet. Till at last he consented, but the moment she came to her father's house, the guards awoke and he was taken prisoner again. Then he was brought before the king, and the king said, You shall never have my daughter unless in eight days you dig away the hill that stops the view from my window. Now this hill was so big that the whole world could not take it away. And when he had worked for seven days and had done very little, the fox came and said, Lie down and go to sleep. I will work for you. And in the morning he awoke and the hill was gone. So he went merrily to the king and told him that now it was removed, he must give him the princess. Then the king was obliged to keep his word, and away went the young man and the princess. And the fox came and said to him, We will have all three, the princess, the horse, and the bird. Ah, said the young man, that would be a great thing, but how can you contrive it? If you will only listen, said the fox, it can be done. When you come to the king and he asks for the beautiful princess, you must say, Here she is. Then he will be very joyful, and you will mount the golden horse that they are to give you, and put out your hand to take leave of them. But shake hands with the princess last. Then lift her quickly onto the horse behind you. Behind you, clap your spurs to his side and gallop away as fast as you can. All went right, then the fox said. When you come to the castle where the bird is, I will stay with the princess at the door, and you will ride in and speak to the king. And when he sees that it is the right horse, he will bring out the bird. But you must sit still and say that you want to look at it, to see whether it is a true golden bird, and when you get it to your hand right away. This too happened as the fox said. They carried off the bird. The princess mounted again, and they rode on to a great wood. Then the fox came and said, Pray kill me, and cut off my head and my feet. But the young man refused to do it, so the fox said, I will at any rate give you good counsel. Beware of two things. Ransom no one from the gallows, and sit down by the side of no river. Then away he went. Well thought the young man, it is no hard matter to keep that advice. He rode on with the princess till at last he came to the village where he had left his two brothers, and there he heard a great noise and uproar, and when he asked what was the matter, the people said, Two men are going to be hanged. As he came nearer, he saw the two men were his brothers, who had turned robbers, so he said, Cannot they in any way be saved? But the people said no, unless he would bestow all his money upon the rascals and buy their liberty. Then he did not stay to think about the matter, but paid what was asked, and his brothers were given up, and went on with him towards their home. And as they came to the wood where the fox first met them, it was so cool and pleasant that the two brothers said, Let us sit down by the side of the river and rest a while to eat and drink. So he said yes, and forgot the fox's counsel, and sat down on the side of the river, and while he suspected nothing, they came behind and threw him down the bank, and took the princess, the horse, and the bird, went home to the king their master, and said, All this we have won by our labor. Then there was great rejoicing made, but the horse would not eat, the bird would not sing, and the princess wept. The youngest son fell to the bottom of the river's bed. Luckily it was nearly dry, but his bones were almost broke, broken, and the bank was so steep that he could find no way to get out. Then the old fox came once more and scolded him for not following his advice, otherwise no evil would have befallen him. Yet said he, I cannot leave you here, so lay hold of my tail and hold fast. Then he pulled him out of the river and said to him, as he got up upon the bank, Your brothers have set watch to kill you if they find you in the kingdom. So he dressed himself as a poor man and came secretly to the 
something bright and shining and calling his companions said, There must be a house no great way off, for I see a light. If that be the case, said the donkey, we had better change our quarters, for our lodging is not the best in the world. Besides, added the dog, I should not be worse for a bone or two, or a bit of meat. So they walked off together toward the spot where Chanticleer had seen the light, and as they drew near it became larger and brighter until they came close to the house in which a gang of robbers lived. The donkey, being the tallest of the company, marched up to the window and peeped in. Well, donkey, said Chanticleer, what do you see? What do I see? replied the donkey. I see a table spread with all kinds of goods, things, and robbers sitting around and making merry. That would be a noble lodging for us, said the rooster. Yes, said the donkey, if we could only get in. So they consulted together how they would contrive to get the robbers out, and at last they hit upon a plan. The donkey placed himself upright on his hind legs with his four feet resting against the window. The dog got upon his back. The cat scrambled up the dog's shoulders. And the rooster flew up and sat upon the cat's head. When all was ready, a signal was given, and they began their music. The donkey brayed, the dog barked, the cat mewed, and the rooster screamed, and they all broke through the window at once and came tumbling into the room amongst the broken glass with the most hideous clatter. The robbers, who had been not a little frightened by the opening concert, had now no doubt that some frightful hobgoblin had broken in upon them scampered away as fast as they could. The coast once clear, our travelers soon sat down and dispatched what the robbers had left, with as much eagerness as if they had not expected to eat again for a month. As soon as they had satisfied themselves, they put on the lights, and each once more sought out a resting place to his own liking. The donkey laid himself down upon a heap of straw in the yard. The dog stretched himself upon a mat behind the door. The cat rolled herself up on the earth before the warm ashes, and then the rooster perched upon a beam the top of the house, and as they were all really tired with their journey, they soon fell asleep. But about midnight, when the robbers saw from afar that the lights were out and that all seemed quiet, they began to think that they had been in too great a hurry to run away, and one of them, who was bolder than the rest, went to see what was going on. Finding everything still, he marched into the kitchen and groped about till he found a match in order to light a candle. Then, espying the glittering fiery eyes of the cat, he mistook them for live coals and held the match to them to light it. But the cat, not understanding this joke, sprang at his face and spat and scratched at him. This frightened him dreadfully, and away he ran to the back door. But there the dog jumped up and bit him in the leg, and as he was crossing over the yard, the donkey kicked him, and the rooster, who had been away, and by the noise crowed with all his might. At this the robber ran back as fast as he could to do his comrades, and told the captain how a horrid witch had got into the house and spat at him and scratched his face with her long bony fingers. How a man with a knife in his hand had hidden himself behind the door and stabbed him in the leg, and how a black monster stood in the yard and struck him with a club, and how the devil had sat upon the top of the house and cried out, Throw the rascal up here. After this, the robbers never dared to go back to the house, but the musicians were so pleased with their quarters that they took up their abode there, and there they are, I dare say, at this very day. I hope you're able, I hope you're able to get some nice rest.